Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Do you guys have those people in your life? Uh, I wanted to premise the show today with this just because it's such a fucking thing. Do you have the people in your life that like you just have these epic fails and look like a total idiot in front of the same people like repeatedly? And oh, I no. don't know why it's always just like the <laughs> same person. Maybe it's just like, you know, for a lot, maybe in like a sex in the city scenario, it would be like a dude you want to impress. And like every time you see him, you like act, uh, you, you like can't speak or you, you know, he, yeah. But I, uh, I definitely had a taste of that today. There's a, a couple of friends that we know, uh, that Matt Bronger and Kara Baker, they're a married couple. I'll say their names out loud. I'm not Matt, who was our very first guest ever on this on this podcast, where there's just been a couple professional flubs with me and them because they're both clients of mine. And like, I just look like the biggest <laughs> dumbass when it happens. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, I think there's always that moment you have with like the same person that the universe is like, yeah, you're we're, you, it's a constant test with these these people in your life, you know? <laughs> There's there's no there's no cruise control with them. Like no, the universe, it, the universe is like, uh, don't get too comfortable. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna test yeah. your relationship every time you are yeah. in a room together. We're just gonna nail home that you're a total dumbass for what the fuck people. did you like? Did you like remove an entire eyebrow by accident? No, no, what no, happened? No, no, no. It was totally fine. Like something like bad happened where like it his appointment accidentally got deleted and it's like nobody's fault but it's fine and he's fine but the first time I did the flub like he was getting Kara like a products and a facial for like her birthday and for I was texting a coworker I thought but for some my brain <laughs> broke and I accidentally texted the, all the information about the surprise to Kara oh <laughs> This was years ago. And then Matt sent me a text. He was like, he was like, hey man, he's the nicest guy with the biggest heart of gold. He was like, I know, like accidents totally happen, but like I put a lot of effort into this. And I was just like, Wah! I was putting out fires like a manager. I was like, comp, everything, comp this, comp that, you know, like <laughs> and that was years ago. So it definitely hasn't like been thrown in my face thrust in my face again but i was just all like, i can why? say is like why I'm sure, you're, I'm sure you're good with them but just don't expect to babysit their child anytime soon <laughs> oh no well i'm not gonna volunteer to babysit. you're on the no fly I list i did all my babysitting in my 20s i'm done well this is not a podcast about that thank god this is all 
service industry oriented. And I have to say, everyone, welcome to Side Work. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. Joining Woo. us. Joining us, honestly, kind of late in the game, if, if you had to ask me. But better uh-huh. late than never. Better late than never, because you know what? I think we found the perfect topic to finally like bring her into the fold. But please welcome our dear friend, Allison Lieber. Everybody. Yay! Thanks, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Uh-huh. We've all known each other for so long. We yep. all actually did wait tables together years and years ago <laughs> at Bad Dog Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so we're like Brooke said, long overdue. We have like, you've been on a running list for three years for a, a guest on this show. But like, like Brooke said, today's the day. Cause we're diving into uh, vegetarian restaurants and like and cults and all sorts of wellness Yay. shit like that. So we'll get into the, the meat or non meat of the right. topic, <laughs> the meat replacement, uh, if you will. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> We're going to get into the plant, the plant-based protein of the show in just a little bit. <laughs> um, but first of all, you know, I, I feel like, do we have some more top of show business to take care of, Brooke? What, what, what's going Not on out there? Not really. I mean, I mean, this is crazy and interesting. Uh, the Macaroni Zone, you guys, uh, they're not doing any new episodes, but they've got about 20 that already exists on One Star Network. Danny Palumbo, James Austin Johnson, fantastic. We've told you how wonderful they are. Well, James James Austin Johnson also just went ahead and uh, got himself added to the newest round of Saturday Night Live cast members. Oh, Ooh. wow. That's amazing. That is, so I, That'll I, boost numbers. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like, I'm truly like... It's not like we can take any credit for his talent in the least, but we knew he was cool before SNL did. Dude, way to get on SNL in a pandemic. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So this really has nothing to do with us. This literally just continues to make us look good. It's uh, them and their talent singularly, but uh, do check out the Macaroni Zone so you can check out SNL's newest, latest and greatest cast member. Yeah, that's so fun. I love it. Um, so ridiculous. yeah, if you guys haven't, don't you know? Don't forget, you can still like us. You can still subscribe. You can do all those things if you haven't done them before. You can send us server submitted stories, which are coming in. I think we're getting more. No, we're not. Oh, we got we got one. We got one. <laughs> I always hope for the best. And Brooks, no, no, like, no, no. It's okay. Are we back in retrograde, right? Allison, you're probably on top of this. We just went back into a retrograde. I, I, but the harvest some- moon. Yes, we had a harvest full moon last week. It does feel the energy feels really chaotic right now. Chaotic mm-hmm. and a little constipated. Uh, people yeah. not wanting to give up those stories. <laughs> I think yeah. it's more, maybe I'll start ghostwriting in stories. <laughs> well, and I'm telling yeah. you, if we can't get any service industry related stories, I am fully on a subreddit and a Reddit thread called Am I the Asshole? Which is really great because people write in with kind of like social faux pas they did that are a little tricky. And then Reddit is like votes whether or not you're an asshole. So I think. (laughs) (laughs) Survey says. Exactly. I will just glean from Reddit. There's another one of just like really bad wedding faux pas, which I keep telling you I'm obsessed. If we can't get if we can't get that kind of you know, our own juice, like that's kind of got the drama and the intrigue uh, on the level of what we usually get. So that's super fun. That's so amazing. 
so ridiculous. Um, yeah. Well, I have to say, Allison, I'm sure you've maybe been through this yourself before too. And I, I, I fostered a dog Yay. for pre- yeah, for precisely 48 hours. He just oh. got scooped up by his forever home. So oh, wow. quickly, I had a whirlwind weekend romance with a scruffy little terrier off the streets of Tijuana. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Well, that's a happy ending. Did you like the adopted parents? I just, I, I was like, oh my God. I mean, he he scooped off the streets of Tijuana, like I said, and just drove off into the sunset in his new Porsche. Um, God, God bless. <laughs> I know. I was like, can they adopt me was and my boyfriend? Was he wearing sunglasses after <laughs> He fucking gave me a card and I'm like, no, I'm the one who named you asshole. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> he gave me a business card. Suddenly those appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, he's all um, like, call my agent, bro. Peace out. Dude, that is so uh, So ridiculous. It's uh, so funny though. But yeah, it was really sweet. I I mean, it's your heart is like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And I was determined, you know, not to do what's called the foster fail which is you keep them. I was like, come on, my fr- like 48 hours in, first time fostering ever. I'm like, oh, it, and he was like the best dog. We were like, oh no, oh no. It's, a, you know, but luckily someone had put an application in advance of us. So it just wasn't he just, an option. He, he just stayed for a little bit. It was like a fun little yep. excursion, a little Airbnb yep. action for him. Exactly. Um, you know, Jasmine and James, James Dunn, our longtime co-host, sit in on this, on this show, guest, um, he and his wife are fostering as well for the same group that Brooke is from Mutt Scouts and their first one that they fostered, their hearts were broken. They were like, and Jasmine told me that like, she like watched the dog walk away and the dog like looked back at her. No. Like, and I think they gave each other like a little, I'll always love you no matter what, you know, <laughs> oh, but it's gotten easier for them. A little Whitney in the background. Yep. No, it's real. I hid behind a hedge while he was being put in the car because I didn't want him to make eye contact with me I was like I can't I can't do this I'm like I'm very I know little Walter anyways so you're you're catching me in a funny mood where I feel I'm like I feel like I did a great thing I feel like I like I'm trying to play it up like I am like a dog's best fucking resource for like decompressing after the kennel I'm like we've got a house set up with like a lot of cool things to lay on like soft comfortable settings and snacks and hugs and fuzzy blankets so I'm like I'm okay doing this for them yeah it's like the the loveliest form of like loving acclimation like acclimating them and yeah and you're supposed to meet more people and I don't know man I I wish we could foster I really do I think Indiana would be like what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I oh my don't God. think it would go over. But what do I know? Maybe it's my fear, but I also, mm, I don't think he'd be. Yeah, let's not find out the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I yeah, know, whatever. We're so off topic. If we want to stay further off topic, uh, we've got a few headlines for you all. This is crazy too. Okay, right, because I'm wor- I'm working on a new cannabis talk show, right? And our host mm-hmm. is David Bory, Denver, Colorado's very own David Bory, who we love. And we were talking about all this stuff that's coming up for the show. We were looking for food related stuff, but I was also Google searching some funny headlines for our own podcast. He logs off work for the day, and then I click on a fucking link, and he's the poster boy. 
<laughs> for this new festival that is landing in Denver, where basically someone put out a call to the public to say, what is the worst combination of food and beverage anyone can think of? Let's vote on it, right? And so there's going to be a festival now in Denver, Colorado on October 16th called, oh boy, uh, Chowdermeister. Um, because it's going to be a festival where all anyone drinks is Jägermeister and only eats chowder. No! Um, oh, yeah. That... And how much does it cost to get in? I'm not sure yet. I am trying. Okay. So basically, um, Jake Brown, who I'm not familiar who this guy is. $50. 25 early bird, $50 day of. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh. Okay. Okay. But you guys, so on the poll, though, it, it, it could have been an egg and red wine festival. Thank God that uh-huh. didn't poll well. Um, panic- pickles and banana daiquiris. <laughs> that was another. <laughs> those both, both of those combinations sound great to me. Like the I first don't one know. sounds like French and delightful. <laughs> and but the second Joe- one's just like the second one's just like island fun. Like the oh third is my- puke fest. The third oh is my cur- god! I, like, like, I like the chowder is gonna curdle in your stomach when oh, you drink the Jagermeister, yeah, like a cement shot. I feel like I have thrown that up, or maybe <laughs> <laughs> is it chowder when you eat it, or is it, are we calling it when it comes out? Well, I mean that's the thing too. Is I'm like, are there going to be contests for distance in terms of your projectile vomiting? Uh, like, right? what, you know? Oh my god! So this guy Jake Brown. Um, basically like he would threaten like as a joke, like I'm going to make this festival a reality if it gets enough heat sort of thing. And so now it's a reality in, in Denver. Um, so Josh Scherer, the host of mythical kitchen is going to be Chowdermeister's head judge, which I don't know what they're judging. (laughs) Anyways, he's quoted as saying against all odds and against God herself. I've spent years cultivating an audience uniquely suited to the combination of party liquor and dairy-based soup, <laughs> and they came through. So here we find ourselves ready to unleash botanical-infused lactose-tolerant hell on the city of Denver. I'm sorry, or you're welcome. I'm not really sure anymore. Wow. So, but I don't. There better be move. like several medic tents at this <laughs> event. <laughs> I feel some wood Woodstock 1990. Oh yeah, Woodstock 99. paper in the freezer. That's going to fucking hurt your boom, if you know what I'm saying. Your oh, boom hole. That's man. gross. I mean, do they just give you your own bucket when you enter? Like... How many tickets have do we know that? I do well, let's let's put it this way. I'm I'm going to be updating you, okay? okay. As we okay. get closer Please. closer to the Please. event, I now have a line in oh, with yeah. David Bory, who's, who's our host. Yes. Yeah, you've you've tapped the vein, and so to speak, you like, uh, yeah, you uh-huh. you'll be a. We should get uh, some. We should go live. <laughs> we should we should go to Denver and go to Ch- Chowdermeister. Um, yeah. So David's pictured here. Uh, <laughs> It's an oh, all-you-can-drink chowder and Jaeger festival. Uh, <laughs> He's wearing like a Viking hat with deer antlers on it, but it's like one of the beer, like the beer hats with the straws. <laughs> but on the one side is a mini bottle of Jaeger with the straw going in, and the other side is a Campbell's 
soup can of chunky chowder on the other side of the hat. Do you think they'll have chowder popsicles at the event? They have to. (laughs) I'm going to let David know. I'm going to let David know that there can be a dessert round. The whole Um, thing. (laughs) Dessert chowder. I went to a food event in Chicago years and years ago where it was like... just odd ingredients and i remember there was like kind of weird kind of mushrooms and like celery was one trying to make good things out of celery but one was durian and if you guys know anything about durian it smells like rotten cheese death and so we're in this huge loft space at an art center in like south side of chicago and you would as you were nearing the durian station you were just everybody was like what the fuck <laughs> is that smell like there was a whole wing that people were kind of like shuffling in and out of but yeah we ate it they did like a durian cheesecake and then they did a thing that was kind of like a cheese spread it was not terrible but like not it was almost like rotten malort cheesy taste in your mouth if, if that hmm. makes i'm looking at brian being like remember remember <laughs> It definitely but we, but we survived. We made it. This is disgusting. I love it. Um, should we launch into this next story? Because Absolutely. this is I like I let a little eek of delightment out when I read this, Brooke. Um, so out of straight out of Detroit, Eminem is launching a restaurant called Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> oh God. His mom's? I thought he hates his mom. I well, know, right? he'll see how I think he'll. Well, he did throw it up because he was nervous. Speaking of like vomit inducing stories, <laughs> uh, you know, I think he's just kind of he knows his brand and how to make some money. Um, but it was a pop up for a while and now is actually going to be an, a real restaurant in Detroit serving things like spaghetti meatballs and spaghetti sandwiches. <laughs> Spaghetti sandwich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it... I would eat here also. I would eat Only there. for the sheer nostalgia purposes of it. You know, it'd be better if you could, like, wear, like, a Slim Shady-type <laughs> wig while you were there. Is there interactive, you know... I mean, they're... They're, they're already going big, so they're paired up with a Metro Detroit restaurant group called Union Joints, um... Where because he, he's done mom's spaghetti pop-ups right um but basically i guess the brick and mortar version of this is a two-tier 500 seat restaurant of people who i guess are expected to come eat mom's spaghetti um and it's going to be on woodward and columbia yeah wow. that is that's a, bold that's a big yeah that's a commitment it right. is but for everybody in the midwest our detroit metro area friends listening Please report back. Uh, we would love some, you know, I think we need to start. If you're not going to send us a server submitted story, we're going to deputize you to go experience <laughs> something. And please write to us about it. Okay. Uh, Double points think, if you throw it up. Exactly. Both of these. <laughs> a sketty sandwich. I think it's yeah. right next to Kid Rock's douchebag land where all the food comes served in douchebags. I would imagine that would be a Kid Rock restaurant. Kid <laughs> Rock we- burn. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever really discussed like like what is a do- like I guess because the bag of fluid is the part that's attached to the douche is that is that what we mean I uh, yeah but- that's the squeezy part got that's it where you squeeze it in got it because I would consider it more of a douche satchel sort of a douche <laughs> sort of delivering device Ooh, yeah, what is this? Guess- what a satchel's a bag yeah okay okay you're right it's a douche bag. <laughs> 
a douchebag. Bladder, a douche bladder. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like pocket. a bladder. Douche a pocket. Douche pocket. Douche pocket. <laughs> now, now that's a kid rock culinary delight I can get behind. <laughs> I can get all on, on all fours for. Oh, oh my, 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 my God. Allison Lieber I'm is never, here for it. <laughs> Uh, well, how do you, how do you do? Oh, I guess you squat. What well, I don't know. What, what I don't know, but that that pocket's basically a thirst trap, is what yeah. you're saying right now. <laughs> but anyway, you can, all right, you can let's, tell me. let's let's get into a, uh, our only server that submitted story story. Okay, so here we go. Here's the subject line. How to piss off a CEO while greeting a table. <laughs> this is going to be good. Okay. Hello again. Your recent episode about corporate restaurants brought back another memory from the numerically named New England pub, which happens to be a corporately owned chain. So the location I work at is one of the top performing restaurants in the company. And since we're very close to the corporate headquarters, we are often used as a test kitchen and meeting place for the high and mighty schmucks who often choose busy lunch shifts to roll in, take up a table or two, and get underfoot in the kitchen. One of our frequent visitors is the CEO himself, which would have been nice to know the first time I met him or the first time he and some of his corporate cronies sat at my table. At the time, one of our big new menu items was fresh haddock. We had shipped in from Gloucester every day. That's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. I want to say Gloucester, but I don't want to get murdered by a Bostonian. <laughs> Gloucester. Along with that, we as servers were expected to know the names of the fishing boats that hauled in the catch, which predictably no one gave half a shit about. As I prepared to greet this table of four professional dudes, my manager peeked around a quarter and said, heads up. That's the CEO and promptly disappeared again. I knew I had to be on for this one. I know. Classic manager. So I took a breath, rehearsed a line or two real quick and stepped through the swinging doors onto the stage. As I was introducing myself to the table, the CEO smiled, shook my hand and we exchanged pleasantries. He then asked, anything new on the menu? Oh, God. I know. I waved him off. And as a joke, I said, you own the place. You'd probably know better than I would. yes i can already tell yes i mean great response bad Uh, corporate behavior my friend uh, okay well after that fell flat i then sheepishly explained the new summer menu and mentioned the haddock fresh from gloucester never frozen and he asked me what the name of the boat was that caught the fish the the fish might not have been frozen but i but i certainly was i had (laughs) No idea. And I couldn't walk away. So I took another breath and improvised. Honestly, I don't know. No one knows. On a dark and stormy night off the coast of Gloucester, the ship went down with 13 souls. All that washed ashore was one crate of fresh, never frozen haddock. Once again, he was not amused. But we continued the interaction. They all got their haddock and the rest of the lunch went off without a hitch. But for the next five years, our present notes that we get always include the simple three word sentence. No, your boats. Not that anyone ever gave a shit ever again. Oh my God. Thanks again for the podcast and the opportunity to share the experiences we've had in this wild industry we call home. Godspeed and good tips, Steve. Oh my God. Awesome. I'm going to, I'm done. I'm stenciling no your boats onto a piece of driftwood and hanging it above my front door. 
<laughs> I just, I mean, Jaws, Jaws was on Netflix. I mean, fuck yeah, I watched that again. That movie's so good. Just giving me all the fresh haddock and uh, no your boats, no your boats, no your boats. I really like a ding ding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, amazing. That's an amazing story. And you know what? It's like I give you props instead of being like, you know what? I don't know. It's like go down fighting. Show your personality. Yeah. Show why customers like you. You know. Um, even if you were totally the wrong. story. Exactly. <laughs> Who the fuck cares about the boat? It's a story. So I, make up a story. I guess if you live in Gloucester, you you know, you're like, ah, oh, that's your ma's boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think these are like, these are the uh, the mission statements that these corporations latch onto. They all have this like story they've created. This like, you know, they, they paint the landscape, if you will, and they expect you to fucking live and die by it but no one gives a nobody gives a shit yeah like if if my server told me that story about the boat i would be like here's all of my money for a tip this is incredible i will always come back here because of you i i (laughs) it's amazing yeah yeah but know your boats i think is more like mm, read the room all know your audience as well you know I think that's great. I think that's my new um, fucking tattoo and like that beautiful maritime and that maritime font, you know, just a total <laughs> sailor tattoo that says know your boats. Um, uh, well, you guys, like we said, you want to go out and experience something locally on our behalf and tell us about it. Great. Send it our way. Otherwise, server submitted stories, server confessions, you know, come clean. We love it when you come clean about something you fucked up big time on the job and have never told a soul. We will read it on the <laughs> podcast and you can reach us at sideworkpod at gmail.com. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, guys, let's get into it. Shall we? Steamed kale, anyone? We're talking about vegetarian (laughs) restaurants today. We're talking about vegan restaurants. And the lifestyle kind of surrounding it. Brooke and I were like, I th- we, we we knew we wanted to do vegetarian restaurants with you, Allison, uh, vegan yeah. restaurants. And then I think we were both like, oh, wait, Colts run those. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Not all of them. And we'll yeah. get into some history of it, but. There's, it's not very far fetched. I maybe maybe twenty five percent of the restaurants are, but before mm-hmm. we really we really dive into it, let's get to know you 
and your history in the, in the, in the service industry, the restaurant industry? Well, at 15, I worked at Parsley Place in Akron, Ohio, and I was in charge of the salad bar. (laughs) (laughs) It begins! (laughs) And I'd go out there with my cart and have to flip the buckets and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, now I, I, uh, I've been working in restaurants forever, actually every side of a restaurant, like the front, the back, the management, um, it's insane. It's fucking insane. Um, I did work, uh, at a really, uh, predominant vegan restaurant in LA and, uh, we'll probably talk about their sister restaurant in today's episode. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I've, I've, you know, it's like, it's, it's been great, you know, everything from like, uh, being in a chokehold from a customer. I don't know if I ever told you ladies that. No, please don't tell us right now. (laughs) No need to skim over that one. I have questions. (laughs) Well, so I'm at this like great vegan restaurant, right? And the, and we did a, a private party for 25 people. Right. And this, like, speaking of douchebags, this guy was trying to impress his new girlfriend and said he'd take the bill and he's drinking and drinking and everything was prefixed. And, um, but he kept on ordering off the menu. Well, he gets the bill and he like goes, like he goes real quiet and he's like, why am I getting this bill? And I'm like, you didn't have 14 bourbons. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's you. And so I was just like, <laughs> and know your boat, uh, know your bourbon. Yeah, know no your boat. boat. <laughs> <laughs> so he is, uh, he's like mad, but super composed, which is to me like double scary. Yep. You know what I mean? So I'm, uh, so I'm like, you're, he's like, I'm not paying for this. And I'm like, great. I hate you. And I'll be back, you know? So I go and I'm like trying to divide and start piecing apart like uh, separate checks. And he comes up behind me and I'm like at the computer and he puts his, his uh, arm around my neck and starts squeezing it. Like we're hugging, like he's hugging me and saying in my ear, we're all good. Right. We're all good. And it, I was frozen. And I, and I was like, you're hurting. Like I said, you're hurting me. And then I left and I, I was stunned. I couldn't even believe it. I go back in the kitchen and I'm, and I'm like shaking and the man, yeah. yeah. And the owner's like, what just happened? And I, cause the whole time we're all making fun of him, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> and I was like, he just like put me in a headlock. What is this a chokehold or is this a choke? I mean, either way, you're um, well, either way. I would say, yeah, potato, yeah. potato, right? Uh, <laughs> tofu tempeh in this case, and uh, <laughs> and and they and they go to find him, and he left, and um, yeah, so it takes all kinds, but yeah. So, anyways, that was uh, that was a crazy. It was crazy. So he's like, I I don't hurt animals. I don't eat animals. I do choke women though. Yeah, so. specifically of yeah servers. Yeah, it was crazy. So like you know, I'm like, don't get your meditation beads in a bunch, but like uh, <laughs> like this little vegan restaurant's got some. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was really weird. So. so you have, you know, I've always known you to like 
live in like a a, a, a wellness presenting like lifestyle you are you know you were going to be an esthetician you know your essential oils you know your clean living like you know you you're very familiar with all of this so exactly and, and, and it's you a passion so much, like, it doesn't mean i always do it but it's a passion yes hey, <laughs> absolutely you know but do you feel like you were because you knew all this already were you like no brainer i can work at a vegan restaurant because you've worked yeah. so many different types of places yeah no it was no i knew i could work there and i knew i could like well you know because at this particular restaurant that i worked at a lot of the people that were coming into had legit allergies nut allergies mm-hmm. and stuff like that um so yeah no i was i was super confident that i actually was really excited to work there i was at times mortified with who it attracted at times you know but like uh, but yeah, no, I was comfortable. Yeah. Well, we have, I mean, we have that in common, even though you came from a background of already being invested and being interested in natural alternatives and this and that. I chose when I first moved to New York City, like the premier vegan restaurant on the <laughs> Upper East Side. I randomly, I still don't understand. I don't understand why. <laughs> I, it was something where in my mind I was like after like Bad Dog Tavern and maybe a bunch of other places <laughs> like that. I was I was like, maybe it'll just be cleaner because there's no meat. Like it won't smell bad. Maybe my uh, staff meals will be healthier. Maybe this will just like, you know, raise my whole vibe up, you know. Uh, we'll get into it. But like I was gobsmacked by the antithesis of what you think is a healthy, happy, high vibrating person. It Mm -hmm. was all rich people with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great, well, yeah. And where I worked, it was like, um, comfort vegan food. So Mm -hmm. it was this mishmash because you'd have the people who were eating for the animals to save the animals and the other ones. So like their silicone wouldn't move out of place. (laughs) <laughs> when they sat down <laughs> like it was it was a mix like did you work what what's her name um oh my god she she owned one lucky duck um i don't but know. she got in she got in trouble for embezzling um in new york she introduced alec baldwin and his wife together hilaria which her real name is hillary <laughs> and like she's she's also just from boston her whole gig, her whole gig is fake. That's so yeah. funny. <laughs> so this gal, like she, she was embezzling from uh, the restaurant and then her husband, they were on the run and her husband, they got busted because her husband ordered a Domino's pizza and they tracked the credit card. Yeah. Uh, probably I mean, absolutely. what a way to yeah. go down yeah 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 but she yeah what was her name I'll, I'll i can look it up but she's she's a yeah she's one to watch one to watch she's yeah. on the fbi's most wanted um yeah it was which i think it's interesting that wellness as we've also learned whether you're thinking of just tinctures or meditation or yoga uh but we're learning in this episode that the food and nourishing version of it is a community which is then a gateway to maybe never talking to your family again um yeah. <laughs> uh as we keep finding but i know that i was in that headspace of like 
I want a more elevated experience. And I had kind of thought that if I was working in a spot that had higher standards, that that would lead me, you know, and absolutely not. Everyone was just such a nitpicky piece of trash. There was so much. It was awful. It was actually more dramatic and more hypocritical than any restaurant I've Mm -hmm. ever worked in in my life. You're like, I'm really going to need this detox tonic at a 50% (laughs) discount to detox from all the toxic bullshit that's been in my face all day also and again I I might I know I'm not the only one but I do think for that year and that um you know city perhaps I hold the title as maybe the world's fattest vegan uh easily easy to do easy easy to do that was my that was the 90s for me a tofu everything. <laughs> the fat vegan 90s. Yeah, corn. Yep. I was like, what do you mean? There's, It's not really a corn dog, but it's a corn dog. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd make myself sick. Um, That's so good. Dipping into a little bit of history, uh, which I have compiled, one of the first well-named vegetarian restaurants in the country was named Vegetarian Restaurant Number 1. It opened on West 23rd in New York City in 1895, and it was sponsored by the New York Vegetarian Society, which did not tolerate either taking life for food or drinking alcohol. And one of the founders of number one was its manager, Louise Volkham, a remarkable 50-year-old German woman, uh, German-born woman, who was active in women's suffrage and the labor movement and the peace movement, as well as being a music teacher and a volunteer in prisons and hospitals. And this is throwing back to... Like this time in history when prohibition is gaining a lot of traction at the same time. It was a lot of these, Simran, yeah. A lot of these women who were fighting for suffrage were also fighting to abolish the drink. We have yeah. a whole three part episode where we talk about it, where basically like hard liquors introduced into agricultural like societies in and and in big cities obviously through the u.s when hard liquor starts getting made men get wasted as fuck and they leave their families and beat their families and so this is definitely part of that live clean be clean uh even i believe like aa is kind of starting at this time too um and being recovery uh being recovering alcoholics so this is all kind of get your shit together movement yeah absolutely (laughs) Um, but an early wellness movement. So the vegetarian movement um, and restaurants got a boost from rising meat prices and, and stockyard scandals shortly after the 20th century began. A 1904 directory listed 57 vegetarian restaurants nationwide. Wow. And the passage of the Pure Food and Drug Act in 1906 encouraged more to open. I wish we could have that back today. New customers mob vegetarian restaurants while eating um, at these places, and they had that had all kinds of meatless dishes, such as spaghetti and omelets. You know, very basic stuff. Um, yeah, and so this kind of happened up until like World War One is what they're saying, and they flourished and chains began to form. Um, and yeah, it just kind of took off from there, and then you're getting branches of different restaurants all over the country and this is kind of around the same time which is uh the battle creek uh sanitarium brooke do you know about this place in michigan this, is this in michigan yeah, yeah yeah of course well battle creek then of is battle creek is where all like kellogg's and all the cereal comes from now. yep this is mm-hmm. specifically dr kellogg's uh i guess health spa if you will 
um, leading up to, again, this early wellness movement where he was a seven-day Adventist and absolutely, like, believes in healthy gut, not imbibing in alcohol, not eating meat, nothing too exciting, and specifically... not masturbating at all that was his big thing he was like eat clean be clean uh he thought you should shit four times a day he thought and if you weren't you need to eat like a like a like a pint of yogurt to push things through it was like enema therapy cold therapy people in the middle class and upper class across the u.s like flocked to this place There was like thousands of people staying there at one time. And this is that's a lot of staff. It's interesting. Like once again, a lot of toilets, a lot of staff. Once again, it comes to mind just rich person fuckery, wealthy. Mm -hmm. Like because, you know, like vegetarianism, like eating an omelet and plain spaghetti is also called poor, poor, poor people food. You know, like many, many cultures and many families in general. I mean, it was a treat if you got to eat something as decadent and special as a cut of meat of some sort. So it is, it does just make me laugh that of course, like I get it, you know, there's the concern for animals and the, you know, like because of industrialized farming and how barbaric we are now versus then it is like, yeah, I choose not to slaughter like millions of chickens in a go or whatever but it does make me the fucking fuckery man it's always the wealthy people who are who are also he's like eat clean be clean don't flick the bean (laughs) (laughs) another thing i need to have stenciled and put over my front door um but he also actually coming you know talking about like being rich i think when he invented cornflakes it was like a cheap healthy alternative to a breakfast that everybody could have um but still, this is his his idea about being clean all the time. Obviously, he had some mental things going on where he was, I think, had just some OCD where he was like, must be clean all the time, must shit four times a day, must take 80 showers. I think that's where he was leaning. And, th- and, and the lifestyle he's pushing is leaning cult very much, guys. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like, going back to even the restaurants, like, so many of the restaurants that I've been to are associated with the vegan ones. It's like you take one person who's done a transformation, and their story is what creates that. Like, in Chicago, I uh, I did a month-long cleanse at a vegan, through a vegan restaurant there, and, I mean, people were on this dude's tip, like, hardcore, like, just, <laughs> like... Pray tell what you can do with these uh, liquid aminos, you know, like it was just so, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, like, well, even in there, a lot of these restaurants are named after the person, you know, right. Karen's cousins, Julian's raw, like Chili's. Um, <laughs> clearly. So it's, yeah, no, I like that's, I have definitely seen so much because people want to feel good and we love before and afters like Americans love before and afters. So it's like that you need me to tell you how I did it. And um, that's I mean, even if it's not even like a religion, they they can turn it into, you know, a religion type of thing. Well, and as someone who worked, you know, at this restaurant, I was like, this is so above and beyond just doing the take and order, be nice to regulars, drop off the bill. 
I was tasked with listening to their ailments mm-hmm. and helping them figure out which juice or maybe like just some plain steamed brown rice. Like she was going, you know, someone's like, I've had diarrhea all week. <laughs> what do you know? And you're like, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe you should stuff yourself up with some bread. Like, I'm not sure what to tell you, but, um, but also the owner of the restaurant would come downstairs in her flowing robes, you know, and be like, oh, everyone looks, she's been here for a month. Like, you know, this prize customer who was recovering in remission from some sort of cancer, but had decided to turn to a completely plant-based diet. And here we are, the owner of the restaurant, trying to take credit for her cancer. Where you're sitting here going like, hey, listen, I get it. Plant-based food is going to help your immune system. 100%. Like, I've always been of the mindset, like, get the real treatment that you need, but instead of eating the bullshit hospital food, advocate for someone to bring you, you know, some, like, actual, like, food food with nutrients in it. But, like, it was really crazy. There was a lot of deity and a lot of we were fake nutritionists and wellness experts somehow. And I was like, I just want your tip. I'm working the lunch shift and I'm going to go make fun of you on stage in four hours in the, <laughs> like in the West Village. So. Right. And I think that's the thing that all these places are coming from some version of a specific lifestyle. Pe- right? People are seeking something. It's not just lunch. It's not yeah. just lunch. Yeah. Food, food is medicine, right? Food can be healing. And this is what, and which is, which is very true. But when it gets toxic and it turns, no, no, no. But I think when you're working at one of these spots, you know, like we were talking about you with Allison, you, you like, you have to be passionate in, in, in a way or at least know what you're getting mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. into, right? Mm-hmm. Like Brooke, mm-hmm. and you have to learn fucking quick because these are going to be the pickiest people you've ever fucking met in your whole life. And they're in t- almost entitled to it because these are the types of places that have been open. They're allowed to be picky and say, I have this allergy, this allergy, this allergy. That's why I'm here. So I can get what I want. Yeah. I, 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 it's crazy. I work the one place I worked at hat, like I'd say me and maybe four other servers out of like 20 of us actually were vegan at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the customers that would come in that like the outrage that they would have, if, if a server was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not vegan. I don't do this. But and the, and <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. And the right. servers, the, the uh, clients or the, you know, the diners would ask you, are you vegan? Like looking at me, like, I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? You know what I mean? Right. Is that going to deter what you order? Like, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's, you know. Yes, yes, I do have a patty of raw ground beef in my apron pocket, yeah. but I don't think that concerns Don't let that you. come between us, sir. There is there is definitely cheeseburgers in my backpack, in my locker, <laughs> oh, from McDonald's in this restaurant right now. There was times where the kitchen staff actually brought in, because the kitchen staff was definitely not vegan, right? Of course sure. not. You come in, in to like put, set the patio up and you're like, wow, barbacoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, we're doing full on uh, carne asada before, uh, before mm. 11 a.m. Okay. And, you know, the owner would just like have a meltdown and not because, not because she was against me because she wasn't it was the backlash 
that right. like she would get because people put her on a pedestal. She never said to anyone, look at me. She was like, I'm offering this. I know how to make a bunch of this shit with nutritional yeast and durian. I know how to make durian taste good with agave. And, you know, but like there was this one, literally she was getting death threats. Literally she was getting her and the, and the, the family restaurant. There was um, people with signs protesting outside of our restaurant because, well, what happened was, is that the other, their restaurant one of the people who owns it posted something about they had a cow and the cow had died and they actually ate the meat well the cow was a billion years old or whatever you know and so they had it that maybe and i might be butchering the story but it was about they ah, were uh, you like what i did <laughs> I don't mean to be a ham bone about it, but, uh, but, and so literally, literally like, uh, actually someone who, whose name I saw in the notes, uh, uh, a vegan, um, musician called them up to try and buy all their cattle from them because they had it that they were going to, uh, you know, butcher all of them. And the, and the owner was like, I love like, I love my animals. I didn't kill them. It's called, you know, father time. But right. But like they, I, I think they wanted a full on burial service for them instead of like, you know. They, I was just going to say, I'm like, and who's pitching in for the gigantic casket? Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I Yeah. So, I mean, but they, they would turn on her and make her a hypocrite when she never promised any of her beliefs. All she was trying to do was just uh, create more uh, farm to table, more connectedness to it with right. our food. But she wasn't saying what you should and shouldn't eat. So I don't know. But yeah, that's the clientele's rough. I think there's a difference like and veganism, like, you know, people call it like, is it is it a cult into itself? It's it, it's certainly hardcore. And when we're talking extremism in it, like, and you know, the pitas, right? Like people who are. Like they activate that phone tree and and shit happens. Like they mm-hmm. do not hesitate to voice their opinions about animal cruelty and anything that they deem unfit, unethical, which is very interesting. Um, and, and you know, very people are very passionate about it, and so it's got to be really hard to butt heads with that lifestyle when you're just trying to run a business. Yeah, I don't think there's any, like, I don't think veganism in and of itself is culty. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think, I mean, people who love Dole Whip, they're in a cult too, if we do it by that. Like, like, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's culty in and of itself. I just think Americans, I'm going to say this, and I might disagree with myself, you know, um, but I think Americans, especially white America, is constantly looking for some sort of uh, group identity, um, tradition, some sort of something that they can hold on to because most things are commercialized. So something like veganism or lifestyle, you know, they we can oh this is this is my philosophy and this is who I am, and you just it it becomes so twisted and i like it's not no veganism is not i don't think veganism is a cult right. any more than fucking blooming onions outback steakhouse 
has a cult then, you know, it's, I don't know. No, I, I believe in what you're saying that it's like someone who wants to not leave a big footprint with the way they eat and also feel better and are like, whoa, I, this has benefited my life greatly. A plant-based diet, good for you. Every mm-hmm. group has its extremism. Yeah. And that's what America is about. Ex- America is full of homegrown terrorists and extremists, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We- and, you know, and just posing the question, which is what I did about ve- veganism being like, you know, cult-like. For me, it's it's almost, I feel like um, the vegans are always butts of jokes. They're always picked on by a lot of, you know, the rest, mm-hmm. the, the quote-unquote normal meat eating people you know of our country you know which which is which is a bummer because as we're finding out like we sh- you know like we're finding out that bacon the chicken meat, and meat's not gonna be here forever mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like we're finding out that eggs burgers and uh chicken and bacon on one sandwich uh is is gonna clog your colon I, you know, I always thought like, I love how everyone's so worried about terrorists, but we like, when we walk down the aisle at CVS, no one can take a shit properly. Like we're going right. off ourselves by our own habits. I don't know. Like, what do we care? Like so fucking crazy, but yes, fiber. My, my, I want you left with fiber is the key. Okay. Fiber. We love psyllium husk. We love it. Yes. Just know your boats. Brian says, no, no, Brian. Brian's is not as he does. He's not a psyllium husk fan. It's too much yin for his him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> but, no. you know, talking about all that, let's let's get started about how vegetarian lifestyles can lead down the dark path to to cults, basically. Um, well, before you know, we get too into it, like Allison, did any of your jobs like specifically because like, you know, I know that did you ever work at Cafe Gratitude or were you just a fan of that? That's what I didn't know. I worked what I worked at is I, I am friends with them and I worked at uh, yeah, I worked at Sage. I work so Sage and uh, Sage, the the daughter of the uh, man who started it, uh, I worked at her his daughter's restaurant. Actually, they have they have multiple restaurants, but I'm, I mean they in my beer for my wedding. Like mm-hmm. I'm friends with them, yeah. So I worked at Sage. Got it, got it. And um, for our listeners, like, or for me as someone who like kind of came to LA a little late in the game, Cafe Gratitude is this very famous place. But I, I don't know best how to explain it. A few ladies can enlighten our listeners so cafe gratitude you know it's it's very health conscious vegetarian food it's not you know because obviously fries can be vegan so it's like it's not fries it's you know you got your garden variety quinoa buddha bowl in there one of the reasons why people make fun of it is that they don't call it a quinoa buddha bowl they call it like i am peaceful i am you know, I am pleasant or what I am, whatever. And so it has, uh, the bowls, like the food is the names are affirmations. The names are affirmations. And so with that, you kind of put yourself in harm's way of being made fun of, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I am very serious about myself that's the next bowl you know what i mean like i'll have the i'm full of myself sandwich um but but i I can't i'm actually 
Can I get a box? Because I'm full on the, <laughs> I'm full of myself. <laughs> but I will tell you, like, they, you know, it is, it is, ref- like you said, pointed to earlier too, Brooke, like, we are full of extremes, right? So right. one minute you're going to have a commercial where meat lovers and, you know, we have every animal on the farm on this crust, you know? So you have that, which is a total disconnect. Yeah. And then it's you- Disgusting it, also. Yeah. I'd eat it though. But the, like the, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I, Just one bite. Yeah. Tell, with some ranch, sure. Why not? But so you have like- you have that extreme, right? Of people so disconnected and so into consuming, then you're going to have the people who are like, well, I want to take time and really be with this and being like present to the whole fulfillment. I love it both, to be honest with you. Like I get, like, I, I am an extreme personality, like consumer. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that because I'm so passionate. But I think when there's intention, yeah. right? When yeah. there's intention put into this food being prepared yeah. for you that you're about to sit down and consume at exactly. Cafe Gratitude with silly names. Like that's what people, those silly names I think are, they, they can be affirmations for people or have intention behind them. Yeah. And you're going to be, you're. this is what's going to happen. You're going to be invited to a restaurant you've never been to. Oh, Cafe Gratitude, how lovely that sounds. And then you get there, never heard of it, and you have to say out loud to a waiter for the, like, uh, I'll have the I'm better than everyone else bowl. Like, people, you know, like you, so you're getting people who aren't even in that lifestyle dining at the place, and then it's just super fucking awkward for everybody. Everyone, you know, it's like, it's almost like the best vegans revenge. Invite them there and make them order (laughs) out loud, you know? (laughs) I mean, one of the points I was going to make too, well, just saying like either with the extremes of the food, this food that you're even talking about though, Cafe Gratitude and vegetarian food, it's like the food I even served at Cafe uh, Candle 79 in the Candle Cafe, it was fucking delicious. Yes. Right. Yes. It was so good. Yes. We were not fucking around because there's yeah. a lot to prove because everyone is already doubting that yeah. all, all vegetarian food can be delicious. And so there is that chip on the shoulder to prove you wrong. And to show you how wonderful and, you know, delicious can all be. And, you know, I was like, fuck yeah, man. And then I, I almost feel like that segues into, like, where people get hooked. That delicious oh. food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Buffalo cauliflower all day. I, that yeah, took America by storm. Like, in mm-hmm. 2012, no one's been the same since. <laughs> people, like, question their sexuality from that. Like, you know, they're I like, remember- Wait, where's... Uh, at Bad Dog Tavern, Allison, we had like we had a the Asian remember the Asian salad we had spinach salad and there was like you you could get it with tofu on it. Uh-huh. Oh, Allison yeah. would always fry <laughs> tofu in the fryer and put buffalo sauce on it for lunch yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah, girl. Quick story of that sa- salad. I had a gal who was such the whole time she was nitpicking me or whatever, and I and everything she hated about like what she was complaining about. I didn't, I was like, oh, she's just a complainer. She says, there's, I finally drop off the salad. She goes, there's a hair in it. I didn't believe her. I went around the corner, started eating it and ate the hair. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, yes, ma'am, I'll take it away. And thinking it's imaginary, and I choked on that hair. But it was a great salad. Yes. Oh, my God. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up part one of our deep dive into vegetarian and vegan restaurants. Mm, It's getting real extra tasty, juicy, all the things you don't think of as descriptors when you think of vegetarian food. But we're back. Firm. Very firm. Very firm. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it with tofu? Silken. Silken. Yes. (laughs) Silken. And extra firm, extra drained, <laughs> real extra dry. Um, don't forget to uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta weight down that tofu, you guys. Mm-hmm. Words of wisdom, words of wisdom, words of wisdom. Um, we're excited to come back with a part two. This was such a fun episode to research. Um, so in the meantime, we still need your server submitted stories, or if any of this vegetarian talk is uh, triggering some memories. Send them our way at sideworkpod at gmail.com. We will continue next week with Allison. And you guys know what we say at the end of every episode? God's Godspeed and good tips. Good tips.